Reeling from all the terrible news, but not sure how to take action? I'm Kelly. I'm Lila. And this is What Can I Do? Each week, we interview activists about how they took action, what got them started, who helped them along the way, and what they do differently next time. In the process, we offer concrete advice on how to take the leap from freaking out on Twitter to making a difference. So let's get started. Hi, everyone. I am Kelly Pollack. This is What Can I Do, where we help you figure out what you can do in the the world of politics and activism and advocacy. I am here, as usual, with my co-host, Lila Nordstrom. So hello, Lila. Hey, Kelly. How are you? Doing great. And it is, as we're recording, it is the one-year birthday of Lila's book. So congratulations to Lila. (laughs) Thank you. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about organizing in the international space. And we have Candace Karastan, who is the international chair of Democrats Abroad. Welcome to the podcast, Candace. And why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do? Great. Well, hello, Kelly. Hello, Lila. Thank you so much for the invitation to speak with you. My name is Candace Karastan. And as you mentioned, I serve as the international chair of Democrats Abroad. You might be wondering, what is Democrats Abroad? <laughs> And we are what's called a state party within the Democratic Party. So just like the 50 states and the territories, there's also a space for U.S. citizens and dual citizens who are living outside of the United States. Uh, And that's Democrats Abroad's role within the party. So we get to work with uh, a variety of Americans around the world to make sure that they are showing up and remaining engaged with the American political process and at the end of the day, casting a vote from abroad. So I have a a million kind of logistical questions, but maybe let's start with with a little bit about you and your background. So how did you get to a point where you were living in Germany, as you now are, and and doing this work with the Democrats abroad? You know, what's sort of your story of getting involved in, in politics, but also living abroad? Yeah, I love this question. So I would say... I've always been political by nature, um, and I decided to study abroad in Germany back in 2013. I was really attracted to uh, a lot of the things that at the time I believe German society and government was prioritizing, uh, like affordable health care and public education and attention to climate change. Uh, so I wanted to come over and really see how things were done here. And I moved then over permanently once I finished my bachelor's degree. And again, having this experience abroad and combined with a presidential election ramping up in 2016, uh, it felt very weird for me not to be engaged in, you know, the whole presidential nomination process that was uh, in the works back stateside. So I did a quick Google search of some combination with Democrats and uh, Germany or abroad and I discovered Democrats abroad and have remained engaged since. Did you have any background in political work when you were growing up? What kind, Did you come from a political family? What kind of sparked this interest in politics that you say that you had when you showed up and decided to get involved in uh, Democrats abroad? You know, I think... The, the first thing my mind jumped to was watching the evening news with my parents. So we sat down every night uh, at 6.30 and watched Dan Rather on CBS. Uh, and 
I would say from about the age of five on, uh, that was my favorite thing to watch on TV. Um, and also just going uh, to the voting booth with my parents. I think that that's a really formative experience um, for parents and their children that, you know, really shows the importance of remaining engaged in the civic process. So I'm curious about why why there are U.S. citizens living abroad. I mean, we can all come up with reasons, but, you know, sort of what what makes up this group of people that you are organizing? And I assume like any state party, it's it's really disparate. But, you know, what what does that sort of look like? These people who both live abroad, but still want to remain engaged in U.S. politics. So we have a whole variety of people. There are um, numerous reasons that people leave the United States. Um, Oftentimes, uh, we do see a lot of students, a lot of retirees, a lot of young professionals, and people who are moving for love, or some combination of all three of those things. So we do have a very large student community. As I mentioned, I would put myself into that community. I found Democrats abroad while doing my master's full-time in Germany. I recently returned from Uh, a trip to visit Democrats abroad in Spain. Um, We did see, again, a lot of students, but also a lot more from the retiree community um, who were looking to retire overseas. Uh, And we also do have military. Again, active military due to the legal constraints can't take an active stance, but we do see military spouses, veterans who have remained um, or gone back to the country that they were serving in uh, so it is a it is a wide mix, and uh, the good news is is that every single person who has a U.S. passport can vote in the upcoming elections. So regardless of what's taken you abroad, perhaps you're also a dual citizen. You can vote by going to votefromabroad.org. I assume that organizing looks a little different in this kind of a space. You're organizing a group of voters that don't necessarily vote in the same local elections, and obviously have a, a sort of varied everyday experience and and varied needs when it comes to their kind their representation on the US government can you talk a little bit about what kind of you know organizing work you do in 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 the international setting how you get people is it mostly just talking to people about upcoming elections and the fact that they should vote are there times that you you know do work for specific candidates like how does this look different than your average state party yeah i think that the one of the biggest things that sets us apart from the other states in terms of um why people get engaged with democrats abroad is because we do have a unique perspective uh from the outside looking in so to say um and when we've had positive experiences, again, in the countries that we're living in, just to use another German example, again, I did my master's degree for a thousand euros. When you have these types of positive experiences and you see stories coming out of the U.S. about student loan debt or another school shooting, um, that in and of itself is really a catalyst towards people putting their hand up and saying, there is no reason that the United States can't have this too. And so that really energizes people, again, our experiences abroad, particularly in contrast to what we see stateside, that energizes people to get involved. And and what kinds of involvement are available for them? I know I have a a friend who lives in Berlin and has volunteered with Democrats abroad, and I think she did some like tabling or something like that. And I was really surprised to hear that because I was like, who are you tabling for? So I'm curious, you know, when people volunteer with Democrats abroad or get involved, what kinds of things do they do? 
Yeah. So uh, what can you do <laughs> for those of you listening? <laughs> right. <laughs> there is a little bit of everything. And I, just to talk about some of our biggest programs. So we run phone banking campaigns where we are phone banking U.S. citizen voters all around the world. Um, so we just started focusing on a lot of the battleground states. Right now, we're phone banking Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and Georgia voters who are living overseas. And you can also plug into this opportunity from within the United States if you'd like to call, again, from within to Americans living outside of the country. We do tabling events, uh, like your friend <laughs> in Berlin, which is where we go to uh, market squares, highly visible areas like you know concerts, for example, uh, sporting events, public markets. And we go with a big vote from a broad banner, um, and we manage to to find new voters um, nearly every time. The other thing that we do is direct mail. Um, so we run postcard campaigns where, again, we're giving a personalized piece of mail to voters who are living overseas. And it's really special to us because in contrast to the United States, again, campaigns are run very differently in a lot of our host countries. So it's not typical for you to get a piece of mail related to an election. So when you get that, it really sticks out um, and is something special, again, that uh, really mobilizes those of us living overseas to vote. That blows my mind because during election season, I feel like all I get is election mail. It's just a full mailbox every day with pamphlets for like the school board race I've never even heard of. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, we've heard a lot of positive feedback from that. Again, when when you get it, it's really unique. Uh, some people have been living abroad for decades, and this is one of our newer programs. So when they get this piece of mail, it's really special. And we'll see it popping up on social media, which I guess is just another easy way, again, that people could get involved, um, is by following us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. You name it, we're on it and spreading the word about how to vote from abroad. So I, I'm imagining this sort of logistical nightmare. I, you know, if you're in a state party, it's it's enough to sort of have to know the state election laws and you know the different towns in the in the state and stuff. But you've got to, in a certain sense, know about election laws in a bunch of different states, but also what you're allowed to do within the countries that you're living in and where people are living and where they're voting. And like, what <laughs> what does that challenge look like? And you know, sort of what is the organization? or the structure of the organization look like that allows you to make sure that that all of that is covered? Well, I start off by saying that a huge thank you to our voter team, our voter assistance team. We have a, um, a dedicated team of volunteers who is doing nothing but staying up to date on the voter election law in all 50 states, as well as in the territories. Um, and again, that's all trapped and listed on votefromabroad.org. Um, in terms of coordinating it, one of the things that we're trying to do uh, as we approach the November elections and you know further ahead towards 2024 is to become more tailored in our communications so that, uh, for example, as a California voter, you are getting uh, very tailored messages about the process of voting from abroad from the state of California or from the state of Pennsylvania, where these deadlines are all spelled out. We've been running a lot of meet the candidate events, too, to bring the elections and the candidates closer to their constituency living overseas. So that's been, I think, one of the most uh, exciting and also meaningful projects, 
again, so that we're really bringing the community stateside and abroad together. I'm curious if you could talk a little bit about your personal experience in getting involved in Democrats Abroad. When you first started volunteering, what kinds of things did you volunteer doing? How did you end up, you know, sort of moving up the ranks? What were the what were the roles that you undertook um, on the way? The very first thing I did uh, was show up. We have a yearly meeting, usually happens between January and March. Um, And this is in every country where we have what we call an official country committee. Uh, So I showed up to our our annual general meeting or AGM and uh, got roped in. (laughs) Uh, And yeah, we the first thing I did was a tabling event um, again in within a, a smaller city in Germany and walking around, you know, with the American flag, with a vote from abroad flag, uh, and trying to build a community on the ground. And the other thing that jumps out is phone banking. Um, It's a really easy task to jump in. It's a really meaningful task in contrast to phone banking in the U.S. where you might get a lot of hangups. Again, these are voters that aren't contacted that often, but when they are contacted, they really appreciate it. Um, And that was a really energizing experience for me as a volunteer that motivated me to do more. So tabling and phone banking are are the gateway, so to say. So you uh, as chair also needed to run for chair. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, sort of being a volunteer, being an organizer, and then also having the experience of running for an office? Yeah, so I think um, the first thing I ran for was the local level and Democrats abroad. So we have like a city level or chapter level chair positions, and then we have country positions, and then the international positions. So you could think of this, um, you know, in parallel to the US, something in your county, something at your state level, and something at the federal level. And I think, you know, similar to anyone, be that in a job or an elected office or a volunteer position, there are things that you get to know along the way that, you know, are working really well, and you want to see continue. And there are things, you know, where you think, you know, maybe what if we tweaked it to, to work like this? Or what if we tried this out? And I had some experiences on the ground. I was in Bonn, Germany at the time when I got involved and had some of these experiences. And I thought, you know, why don't I run for Germany chair? And the role changed a little bit in terms of just, again, coordinating these programs rather than executing them yourselves. And yeah, then I had to run for the international position. Um, within Germany, we had a great team on the ground who was really turning out the vote. Germany had the strongest 2020 overseas voter turnout. Um, and that was a really positive experience where I thought, again, you know, what was working, what wasn't working, what could we tweak? And that inspired me to to run for the international office. In your role doing this work, do you find that you end up interacting with any other sort of advocacy communities that work, that are international, but work in the American space? I'm just curious, you know, what other kinds of advocacy or activism work people do from abroad, because it's really an area that I'm not very familiar with. And I I know that there's a lot of you know, exciting opportunities because I do have this friend who lives in Berlin who's been trying to, you know, stay involved. I know that she finds all these exciting opportunities to kind of stay involved in U.S. politics, even though she's currently living abroad. Yeah, there are several other organizations who, again, are are looking at Americans overseas. Um, I would say that we are 
very unique in the fact that we are the only one who is consistently remaining engaged with the community and really focusing on voting and advocacy. Do you have partner organizations? We do not have any partner organizations other than the Democratic Party and our sister state committees. So one thing I'm curious about is uh, sort of how you how you identify wins and celebrate wins for something where there's sort of, it, you know, so much kind of disparate elections that, that your uh, constituents are voting in and helping with. And, you know, how do you figure out sort of like, great, we did it. This, this is working. This is a good job. And, you know, what, what are the ways that you sort of can celebrate that when you might be the only person in your town who's an American citizen, who's paying any attention to this you know, little election in Pennsylvania that's happening? I think one of the biggest senses of accomplishment um, and really, you know, contributing to protecting American democracy happened in 2020. And that sort of formed the baseline for success within our community. So in 2020, the votes from abroad were the margin of victory for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, not only in Arizona, but also in Georgia. So if we had not showed up in the numbers that we did, we could be looking at a very, very different and very scary landscape in the United States right now. So in terms of measuring success as we look ahead towards November, for us, it's where can we be turning out more voters? Where can we be the margin of victory? Where can we make sure that we are delivering the votes so that we not only keep, but we expand our majorities in Washington and around the country? And as a volunteer myself and speaking on behalf of our teams, it is, it is knowing the power of our community and what happens when we show up that keeps us going. And so that's how I think a lot of us measure success is knowing again that we are not just doing this to do this, but we're doing this to really have a concrete impact on the trajectory of American democracy. Do you then get together to have parties when it's possible? <laughs> <laughs> we do. We had a we had a, a, a nice Zoom party uh, in November of 2020. But yeah, no, it's it's been great as we move out of the COVID phase, obviously with caution. Um, but to be together in one room again uh, is is very energizing. Um, we, as I mentioned, we were just in Spain visiting some of the local organizers there on the ground and. That collective experience in 2020, it was great to finally uh, see each other and celebrate that in person. And um, like I said, that that feeling as a volunteer myself um, is very, very moving. Um, and my mind keeps going back to it when, you know, we're sitting at our our desks on Zoom or writing emails. Um, that's what makes it worth it at the end of the day. And I can imagine this is like an especially satisfying way to find community abroad because it, you know, helps keep you connected to home, but also feels really impactful um, and, and probably gives you a chance to meet people in a lot of different countries and things like that as well. That is one of the most unique things about Democrats abroad is despite living, uh, be that in Australia or in Germany or in Mexico, someone is up at all hours of the day <laughs> where, you know, something happens, you know that there is someone who can relate to what you're going through who's up. Um, it is a very 
welcoming and close-knit community that cares about each other. And I think a lot of that, again, is because of the experiences that we've had living in a foreign country, you know, making the making the move uh, to, to take up residence abroad and the experiences then in our country. It's 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 certainly a bonding experience. Is the whole organization volunteer? You 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 refer to yourself as a volunteer. Is this a volunteer position? If so, is everyone working on a volunteer basis? And what kinds of you know professional backgrounds do people come from when they come and volunteer with you guys? Yeah. So at present, we are an all volunteer organization. But I am very excited uh, that this fall will be be bringing on some paid staff for the first time in our organization's history. So we had a lot of growth in 2020, and we're bringing on some professional positions, particularly to help with our voter protection department, with our finance department. And that'll help, again, provide an even more professional structure for the organization and um, make it much more easier for volunteers to plug in then with these professional support structures in place. Being mostly volunteers, what what does that sort of volunteer base look like then? You know, it, it's got to be people, obviously, who have, you know, the, the time in their day to be able to volunteer. So who makes up that, that volunteer group? We have a, a very wide spectrum of people who can engage with our organization. So some people, um, you know, just where they are in life, they have the ability to do this as a full-time job. Some people might be able to plug in for half an hour a week. Um, And as chair, um, our board and myself, we've really really tried to make it accessible as an organization with where you can volunteer. So if you can do it as a full-time job, uh, we would love to have your support. But again, with what can you do? If you can jump on the phones and phone bank for half an hour and reach 10 battleground state voters, um, that is something that can be done at any time of the day. As I mentioned uh, if you're up in the middle of the night in the United States, you can be calling Asia. <laughs> uh, you can be calling Europe. There's always someone to reach. And so, again, in terms of what types of volunteer roles, um, there are some that are more demanding, more time consuming, um, where you're putting the structures in place. But there are also ones that you can plug into if that's writing a few postcards, uh, if that's making a few phone calls that you can do at your leisure. And, you know, at a time that's convenient for you. So in a minute, we'll ask you to, to connect people with ways that they can get involved. But uh, I did want to ask, too, you're one of the youngest state chairs in history. So uh, I wanted to, to know sort of your advice, if there are people listening who are, you know, in their teens and 20s, your advice for how they can sort of just get going and, you know, why it's important to have young people at the table. I would say for anyone thinking about running for office, regardless of their age, um, regardless of their background, you should run. Um, and I think that's something that it's easy to talk yourself out of. But at the end of the day, your experiences, your opinions based on those experiences, your vision based on those experiences is something worth bringing to the table. Uh, When I was in college, I went to a a women in politics seminar and just talking about why women in particular, younger women, don't run for office. And there are, are a slew of reasons why they don't. But one of the top reasons was because they've never been approached to do it. 
And so to any young woman out there listening to this, I would say, put your hand up and make sure, again, that your experiences are being represented. We have a lot of issues that are on the table, the selection cycle, be that with women's reproductive rights, be that with marriage equality, climate change, the list goes on and on. And we need younger perspectives. We need those voices at the table. Without it, we're not going to get a policy that works for everyone. I'm wondering also, before we go, actually, if you could just talk for a second about um, some of the steps you had to take to run for international chair. What, how, how extensive of a campaign is that? If people want to be running inside of Democratic parties at the state level or local level, what do those campaigns look like? How much, you know, how many resources do you, do you have to pour into those races? And, and what do you actually have to do to have a real campaign? <laughs> I think, speaking on behalf of my experience with Democrats Abroad, you have to have a vision that you believe in yourself and a vision that motivates others. And beyond that abstract level, a really strong support team. With my campaign experience, we did try to, yeah, we, we really strove to make this a professional campaign, so putting a website up. But, you know, beyond that, I have to emphasize the vision component of this. It's talking to people. It's building relationships. It's hearing about what they think should happen, how they would like to see people plug in. And I think whether you're running a campaign or not running a campaign, it's important at the end of the day to just remain engaged with your constituency and constantly use that as you know, a guide for how you're running a campaign, how you are functioning in the office, what projects you're taking on, uh, what you're prioritizing. Do you, did you attend campaign events? Are, I'm just curious in the, in the, you know, outside of like a traditional state party, obviously you guys are a fairly disparate organization. When you're, when you're building those relationships and as you sort of roll through this campaign, what kinds of campaigning do you actually engage in? And what kinds of events do you attend? Who do you talk to? So within Democrats Abroad, we have like uh, what we call a nominations and elections committee. And they set official debate platforms and times where the other candidates and myself were invited to come and talk about our vision and take questions uh, with the voters. Um, and again, those electors are based in about 45 countries around the world. So there were these official platforms where we could, again, debate the issues at hand. Um, and a lot of it was personalized outreach. So outside of these forums, it was a lot of individual phone calls. And again, connecting with the voters on the ground who wanted to learn more about why I was running um, and also share their ideas with what they'd like to see happen. All right. Well, tell our listeners how they can get involved in Democrats Abroad. For those of you stateside, I would encourage you to think about who you know who's living abroad and make sure that they go to votefromabroad.org uh, as soon as possible so that they get their ballot for the midterm elections. A lot of the ballot requests and registration deadlines are going to start falling in early October. So it's important, again, that people get this message early who are voting from abroad. Beyond that, I would encourage you to go to democratsabroad.org 
where you can find volunteer opportunities, again, about our phone banking into battleground state voters who are living overseas, about letter writing campaigns. All of that is listed on our website, and we will be grateful for your help. If you are overseas, all of that applies. <laughs> Please get your ballot uh, at votefromabroad.org. Plug into our volunteer opportunities and also see if there is a local chapter in your area um, and connect with the leaders there. And if there isn't, get in touch with us about starting one. Excellent. We'll put links in the show notes so people can find them that way too. Great. Thank you. Well, thank you, Candice. Uh, this was really interesting. I just, I think I had no idea that all of this even existed and it's wonderful to hear. And it's really exciting that that can be the difference in close elections. So I think that's a huge motivation for everyone to, to help get out the vote among people living abroad. Great. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about it. Um, and again, if you are in the U.S. right now, think of who you know. If you ever move abroad, please come find us. We'd love to have your help. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to What Can I Do? You can find show notes and credits for this episode at whatcanidopodcast.com. To the best of our knowledge, all audio used by What Can I Do is in the public domain or used with permission. Original artwork is by Matthew Wesson and used with express permission. You can find us on Twitter at WhatCanIDoPod. To contact us with questions or guest suggestions, please email hello at WhatCanIDoPodcast.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review and tell your friends. Thank you.